Welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast from Sped Homeschool, as well as the founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges. To learn more about other resources and support that we have for families, you can visit spedhomeschool.com. Some of the best resources we have on our website are blogs, products, services um, offered by our partners who help fund the work that we do. And that um, is very similar to tonight's sponsor, um, Right Shop. And you can hear more about them um, in the middle of the hour and how they offer a product um, that helps struggling learners. About halfway through, we'll do a highlight of, uh, of their products. But um, if you're interested right now, you can check them out at rightshop.com. But each month, our um, broadcast focuses around a central topic. And this month, we've been focusing on dyslexia, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia. And tonight, we're specifically talking about dyslexia and testing and teaching options that parents have when homeschooling a student with um, dyslexia challenges. So um, my guest tonight is Dr. Rebecca Spencer, and I'm going to read her bio so that... Um, you can get to know her a little bit. I can find it. There it is. <laughs> Dr. Rebecca is a certified teacher, administrator, speaker, writer, and mom of a struggling learner who holds a master's, specialist, and doctorate degrees in the field of education. She says that um, through the struggle of teaching her own struggling learner, um, her business, Cherish Children Ministries, was born with a mission to liberate children from dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, and other spectrum disorders by equipping and empowering them with holistic educations for success and who God the creator made them to be. So I'm super excited to um, to welcome my guest tonight. And so welcome, Dr. Rebecca Spencer. <laughs> Glad to well, us. yes, thank you, Peggy, so much for having me. Um, I'm always excited to share with fellow moms and homeschool teachers or just educators in the field, anything to help them. Um, you know, Part of Cherish Children Ministries is that we honor the child as a whole, that they are made by God, the creator. And so we embrace that as a whole. And part of our mission is that um, we get to take, um, you know, we're not here to make a lot of money. We're here to actually help children. And so we um, take um, a portion of every dollar that is used for our products. And um, we help missionaries um, in Guatemala and Jordan and we and we have right and so um, we have friends in those locations and they actually are starting schools over in those countries and to hear their stories and how um, these resources are not available to them um, and and they just don't have funds to help their children so we get to help them with our expertise so it's a real privilege to be able to do that and we're very excited to do that yes oh that's awesome so I, I would love for our viewers to just get to know you a little better. And especially since um, you shared with me uh, that you're really passionate about this topic. And when somebody's passionate about a topic, there's usually a story that goes behind that passion. And so I'd love for you to start out our time in sharing that with us. Yes. So yes, definitely a story. Um, so educator in the field, um, I was an educator for 
seven years before um, our oldest son was born. And when he was born, um, he was just a, a really bright child. I mean, he learned to read at the age of three and, wow. you know, no, I mean, he had his own little quirks, but to teach him how to read was fine. Oh, I've got this mom thing figured out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can ask me anything. I know it all, right? Like, <laughs> not really at all. <laughs> but um, having, you know, teaching kids to read over the course of those seven years before having children my own, you know, that was, I loved that. I loved my teaching career in the public sector. I'm also was able to teach at the college level. I was able to teach uh, reading 420 at the college level, college level juniors um, reading classes. And so that was, that was a really uh, eye-opener as well, a real eye-opener. Mm. And so it wasn't until our, um, so I stayed home with our oldest son. And then later we had our, our middle son. And um, that's where the struggle, that's, that's where this was born. Um, mm. Whenever I was trying to homeschool him and teach him how to read, it was um, in a nice way, we were in tears every day. It was, I felt like a complete failure. I felt like um, I couldn't help this child. I would call his dad at work saying, you're going to have to find someone to teach your child because I clearly cannot do this. I'm a failure and um, I should never be a teacher. <laughs> and um, so that's to put it mildly. It was, and so my heart goes out to those moms so because the struggle the is, way. yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is so real. And, and so part of our ministry is that, um, you know, I, I'm still taking classes, so I never stop learning. And so I know, I know, I know there are so many really great curriculum out there. There really are, but it's not a one size fits all. There are a few things yes. that, that do work. Um, you know, there's a lot of systems that are really, really great, but until I could actually figure out what it was based on you know, all of the teachings, whether that's Barton or Wilson or whatever that is, I needed to know and I needed to create tools for myself hmm. where I could help my child because it wasn't working. And so I feel really bad for mamas out there who are like, I've spent thousands of dollars on the best curriculum. I spent thousands of dollars on therapy and we still are here. And so um, honestly, Peggy, it's been a lifestyle change. Um, you know, we do offer services and things, and I really try to encourage mamas out there that it really is a lifestyle change. It's a matter of today, even today, I'm homeschooling my children. Um, I actually took a picture of a disastrous mess. Um, I don't have my phone near me because I'm like, I can't have it going off while I'm in the middle of this. Uh, but I took a picture of it and it, it was, it's a disaster. It really was a disaster. So those clean pictures of, oh, a beautiful day in the homeschool life, of, at least for me, at least for me, being transparent is not real. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. So so yeah, that's where that's where this was born. And um, you know, every state is different when it comes to testing. Every state is different when it comes to funds. Of course, we have IDEA and you know, we have, you know, all of the educational bills and everything like that, the laws. Mm -hmm. Um um, but when it comes to dyslexia, you know, it's, it's a spectrum disorder. And whenever we have those spectrum disorders, especially with dyslexia, because you're assessing more than just reading. You're assessing mm -hmm. auditory processing and you're assessing um, some physical alignments as well as neurobehavioral. And so it, it's it's quite the process. Um, and some states do not pay for that testing. And so 
um, you know, we've created our own informal assessment and to give tools to help parents, no matter what state, what country, you know, because that's part of our mission, no matter what country they're in, to be able to use it as a as a tool uh, to help them assess the child to see if, you know what, I think this is a possibility and I can use these tools right here. Um, and always ask, you know, I'm, I'm available via email or, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook or however for people to ask questions. So that's great. So, so you have these tools, um, and I'd love for you to be able to to share with our listeners, um, yeah, where how they can um, find those, but also what what specifically are you assessing or trying to discover to tell yes. these differences? Yes, that's a really great question. So, um, first of all, the reason for the assessment. Um, so, spectrum disorders are that spectrum disorders. So. And examples of spectrum disorders, and your listeners probably know this, are dyslexia, ADHD, ADD, autism, and a plethora of many other spectrum disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, So long story short, because it is kind of long, is um, the really, the real disconnect is called um, FDS, so functional disconnection syndrome. And so whenever we have um, one side of the brain that just maybe grows a little bit quicker than the opposing side of the brain, they have a difficult time communicating, okay? So, um, you know, what was thought one time to be whenever uh, that the brain had all of the dendrites that they were ever going to have, that is not true. Healthy neurons, you know, we can continue to build healthy dendrites. Nutrition is a really big component of that. Um, But the dyslexia specifically, dyslexia specifically, is where a child um, is more weak in the left side of the brain. And so that left side of the brain is responsible. It's where the word form area is. And that left side of the brain is responsible for reading, okay? Hmm. Now, here's the fun part. God made it, you know, we can ask him later, where the right side of our brain is responsible for comprehension. So if we have one side of the brain, if our right side is stronger than our left, which is typical, maybe not all the time, but typical in our dyslexics. They have these choppy, non-fluent sentences, but then you say, well, what was the story about? And they're able to tell you details. Mm -hmm. I remember that being true with my own son, that he would read choppy, he would decode every single word, choppy, non-fluent, and then ask him just a question at the end. um, And he was able to answer it with detail. And so I kind of had some aha moments through this process. Yeah. And um, and so so the idea here in the why to answer your question is so that we can figure out what side of the brain is weaker. So the assumption, now it is an assumption that the left side is going to be weaker than the right side in our dyslexic. Again, that's not always the case, but most of the time it is. And so we assess these different things. And I have some paperwork here because I don't want to miss them because I want your I want your um, listeners to have all these. But but we do um, a neurobehavioral assessment. We do a physical observation assessment where we test um, like a head tilt. So if your child is looking at you. Do they tilt their head to the right or to the left? And whichever side they tilt it to, it, the opposing side, that that's the weaker side. You can also look at their pupils. Um, and it's really, the pupils are really kind of difficult to see. So this is part of the physical observation checklist. And your 
uh, viewers and listeners are welcome to, you know, go to the site. I believe it's a free download. If they go to the actual website, Cherish Children Ministries, and then they sign up for a free mini video series, they'll be able to get, um, it'll send them an email with these links. Okay. So they'll get a link with like the physical observation checklist, the neurobehavioral checklist, and step-by-step on how to do these. And then there's a mini video series that goes along with it that actually shows them how to do it. Okay. So we check for that. Um, We check for facial muscles. Um, So like when your child smiles, they're going to have those, um, they're called labial lines. And so whenever they are, you'll see one side that might be more distinct than the other. The opposite side is going to be the, be the, um, the weaker side. So this is really important. Um, I, I tell parents, this is what I tell parents. I can assess your child. Um, any, you know, anybody that's certified in dyslexia, we can, we can give an assessment, um, but we really don't know your child like you know your child. So, oh, that's a good point. so our job, like what, what Cherish Children does is we try to teach you as the parent to give you the tools that you need mm-hmm. because you really know your child better than anybody does. Um, and, and so the, the parents that we work with closely, like on site and, and we have a course too, and we try to work closely, um, asking questions of, okay, well, I did this assessment and I still don't understand. So I'm here to help you with that. But the bottom line is that nobody knows your kid better than you do. And so you're going to be the one that's able to do this better. So I give you the tools and then you do the assessment. Um, another one would be the tongue deviation. And so if your child can stick out his or her tongue and if it um, points in one direction or the other, that's going to be the, the weaker side. Um, we also do a visual assessment. Now, um, you've heard it said many times that dyslexia is not, um, it's, not a, it's, it's, it's not a visual kind of a disorder. And while, yes, that is true. You go to the optometrist. It doesn't, you know, go to the optometrist and get 20-20 vision. This has more to do with a behavioral optometrist. And so what they do here is actually put, and part of Cherish Children Ministries is that my dyslexic that I talk about a lot, he raises beagle dogs. And so we put together, he made up rocket dog. And so we put, I put together all these little books, um, that feature rocket dog and to do these exercises with. So so inside of here, what we have the child do is we'll have them do a little exercise that looks like this. So I start with, if you can see this, we start with a series of arrows. And so I'll have the child look at my arrows and point with their finger going left to right, which direction those arrows are pointing. And so this is going to help me determine do they have a visual processing disorder? Okay, so it's not a matter of can they see. Mm-hmm. They might have 20-20 vision. It's a matter of how their little eyes are processing that, the visual processing. Right. So I, I have them go through the series, and then the arrows get smaller with each page. Wow. Okay. And so I have all kinds of dif- different um, vision exercises on here. And then I have them... Um, uh, one of the exercises that I do, I think I put a video, I maybe sent a video link to you of my child. I would like say a color and um, they would move their eyes from whatever color of a bead that I had strung on like a piece of um, pipe cleaner. And mm. that will that will help us to know if we have a convergence or a divergence issue. So convergence, okay, is whenever we overshoot mm. and diver- whenever we overshoot or undershoot. And so a lot of times... Our dyslexics, the example I like to use is Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet 
they might read little m together when it should be little miss their individual words. And so their little eyes are not getting that. Okay. It's a visual processing, if that makes sense. So we test for that. And you can do that right at home. Anybody um, that is listening, they can do that at home with their with their child. Very easy home test. Um, another one that we do is a tactile assessment. And I'll show you that. Um, with the tactile assessment, um, we do the... I create these little shapes here. So... So here's a, I have some different pages of shapes that we've made. And so I might have the child look at the circle. And then what I might do is I will have them lie their hand flat. And then I will draw a circle in their hand. And then they need to tell me based on the picture that I showed them, which shape did I draw? What shape did I draw? Okay. Okay. So this is going to be for a younger learner. This is going to be really easy for an older learner. But then they get a little bit more difficult. So then I go to the next page. And you can see, I don't know if you can see that. I'm going up a little bit. There we go. Yep. Um, and they might be able to draw some of that. Um, hmm. mm -hmm. So each each one is a little bit more complex. Um, in And that will help us know if they are having a visual processing uh, disorder. Another little test that you can do at home, it's really easy is the vestibular assessment. And so what I do here is it's kind of, um, so if you have a little, like an office chair, just mm -hmm. an office chair, okay? And spin your child very slowly, have them close their eyes, have them sit in the chair like crisscross applesauce, mm -hmm. have them close their eyes. Now, if they're, if a lot of times kids that get sick on like roller coasters or rides <laughs> or car sick, Okay, their vestibular is off. And so don't do that with them because they'll get sick on you. Uh, but what you could have them do is you could have them lie on the floor, just lie their belly on the floor, lie on the floor, have them look face down and have their arms straight out. And so they're lying down and then you are in front of them and just gently pick up their, pick up their arms, have them hang their head and keep their eyes closed and then gently, 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 gently lay their hands back down very slowly. Okay. And do that about five times. And that will help with their um, sense of where they are in space. A lot of times our kids aren't quite sure where they are in space. And so that's, it's a weak side and, and that's where they get sick. Um, and so this has actually helped our, um, our middle son, the one that's severely dyslexic. Oh, he would get very, very car sick. Um, and he, he doesn't really anymore. Um, that's great. So, so it does help. So you can do that at home too. And then, um, another thing that you can do is, um, for proprioception. So this is a sense of balance. So we all learned the five senses in school, but the two that we didn't learn were the vestibular sense and the proprioception. I never knew what those were until I started digging into dyslexia and I'm like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, the uh, proprioception is where we have a sense of balance. And so all you have to do at home, very easy again, um, you might want to, if your child is really off balance, you might want to um, stand behind them to support them. We don't want them to fall down. We don't want Good any advice. injuries. Yes, uh -huh. okay. <laughs> but, um, but what you might do is um, have them stand on one foot, put their hands on their hips, hmm. stand on one foot, see if they can stand there. 
if they can stand there on that one foot, then have them close their eyes. Oh. See if they can do that. Mm -hmm. Then try the other foot and see if they can mm. stand. If they can't, have them close their eyes. My my assumption, again, is going to be they're not going to be able to do this. But if you do this assessment with them, how do you remedy that? Well, you remedy that by practicing it. So, for example, with I have three sons. So my baby son, my, my youngest, um, we actually did this today because he still doesn't have this. He's still working on this one. So today... Um, he was getting really, really frustrated. He's also dyslexic. Um, he was getting really frustrated. I'm like, okay, buddy, we need to like take a break and we're going to, we need to like stand up and do our pink flamingo. And mm -hmm. so um, I just had him stand up. I had him do that exercise. I also had him like, if you have flooring, hardwood flooring or anything really, something where they can like walk lines, I had mm -hmm. him walk the plank. So walk one foot in front of the other and you can do that at home. Mm -hmm. So all this stuff is just so after you know it, after you have the knowledge, after you have these tools in your tool belt, after you filed all of these resources away, all you have to do is just go grab them and pull them out. Yeah, yeah. So so that's another way that we assess. Something else that um, some people do not know, um, I, did, I did put together um, a checklist. And so this is just a quick checklist to see um, if, you, if you think your child has dyslexia. These are some things to go over, mm -hmm. for example, does your child struggle in reading and spelling? Put a check beside it if it does. So I just have a series of a checklist of what you can look through to see if, you know what, it's pretty likely they have dyslexia. Do they have choppy, not fluent reading? Do they forget newly learned words? And that was me. I was having to teach the same thing every single day. I'm like, we just learned this. Why am I having this all over again? You know, it's true. Yeah. So that's also on the website. I think it's actually on the free resources section. They can just go grab the download. Great. Yeah. And um, so there's that. Ministries. Yes. And the other assessment that we do is auditory processing. So auditory processing, most of the time, again, not all the time, most of the time it accompanies dyslexia. Yeah. So auditory processing and sound discrimination um, you know, that's another assessment that you can do with your child as well. Uh, something that is really easy to do is with the sound discrimination activities is I'll show you an example here. And in all these little books that my son and I made together, in all these little books, there's always a little assessment in the front of them. Oh, that's so there's always an assessment in there. So you can even just see where you can start and it gives a rationale as well as instructions. Um, but we have... Um, Chewy and Rascal, they're also companions to our little rocket dog. And so I would hold this picture. And these are all hand painted by a dear teacher friend of mine. She is, mm. she's an amazing artist. So she painted these for me. So I would hold this picture up in front of the child that I'm giving an auditory processing assessment to. Okay. And I would say on this page, this is the page that mom or teacher is going to read from. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this gives you the instructions. What this says is, which two words have the same beginning letter? And Rascal says, bug, stem, bow, and worm. So I'm going to hold this page up to the child. And then we just say, okay, dear, which two words have the same beginning sound? Remember I said sound, not rhyming. I'm just saying sound. Bug, stem, bow, worm. And they should say, say bug and bow mm -hmm. then the next part and most of the time they won't get it they won't get it 
most of the time mm. if they have an auditory processing issue. Again, how do we remedy that? By doing these exercises. Mm. Um, and then the next part of it is which two words have the same ending sound? So I'll hold this in front of them mm-hmm. and I'll say, which two words have the same ending sound? Bug, stem, bow, worm. And they should say stem and worm. Most of the time they won't get it. Mm. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of these in here. Um, and there's some for older learners as well. That's a question I get a lot. Um, you know, yeah. my kids are still not really, my our oldest is 14. So I, whenever I always tell parents, I'm like, when I go through that trial, when I go through that fire, fire, you'll get those resources <laughs> because that's whenever I do the best creation is when I'm going through the fire and I'm like, okay, if I am going through the fire, somebody else is too. So, um, that's how all this works. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So those are, those are some of the assessments that you can do right there at home. Now, if you, I don't know if you have um, listeners who are in the public sector. It's, it's a lot different. Sometimes, but, uh-huh. uh, you know, sometimes yeah. it's mostly that they're homeschooling at least one child. Maybe they have a child yeah. in public or private yeah. school yeah. as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are some really easy, easy things that you can do at home. Again, um, if you um, go to the Cherish Children Ministries website and you just... Um, Sign if you you sign up for the free mini video series, you'll will get an email and it has all of the. It'll have the physical assessment. It will have the dyslexia checklist, um, all of those things for you. And I'm just going to remind our, our podcast listeners that is um, cherishchildrenministries.org because um, mm-hmm. you won't be able to see the the description here and also. Um, you shared a lot of different resources with me um, before we started, and I put those in the YouTube description, but I yes. I know that our podcast listeners are going to have to pop over to YouTube to find all yes. those. And I'm also going to link all of Dr. Rebecca's blogs that she's written for the Sped Homeschool website because they are amazing and filled with so many good things that uh, we haven't even touched on yet. Um, but we do have one viewer who um, was watching from YouTube. We actually are broadcasting live to YouTube, oh. Facebook, and um, Periscope right now. And she just says, my twins pass out on every ride, even a merry-go-round. <laughs> so they definitely struggle with where they are in space. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I want to encourage if you're watching, we have quite a few viewers on right now, I can see. And if you have a question or a comment, um, especially yes. a question for Dr. Becca, yes. she's right here right now. So, so come <laughs> ask questions yes. and um, yes. we'll incorporate what you have um, into our conversation. Yes. One thing, too, I might say um, is um, a, another question that gets asked is, um, what are some of the early signs of dyslexia? And yes, so there's be been a little bit of controversy over, well, I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should assess mm. too early or, okay, but then if we don't get interventions quick enough, then they're behind. And so there, there really mm. isn't um, a nice common uh, consensus on all of that. So I think it's a matter of the, it goes back to this. This is what I tell parents and um, teachers is, you know your kids best. And so I think if you have red flags, then then you have that intuition of, um, okay, well, maybe I need to check it out, right? And right. and then if, if you did make a mistake, like this is another thing, don't be afraid to make mistakes because I make them yes. all the time. Um, and I am still, I'm still going to make them. Um, but I have to know that um, 
you know, I'm doing everything research-based as, as good as, um, I, as, as good as anybody, like for my own child. So, mm-hmm. so, um, as, as long as you have that confidence and just, um, have the tools in your tool belt right. so that you can go back, um, like this summer, I may have shared with you, Peggy, um, you know, even though our middle son, we were making such great strides, um, have all these resources and was working with our youngest and feeling a little bit more confident again. Again, I think that's where God put you in like, okay, you need to, don't get too confident, right? And so then he developed a stutter. And, but here's the thing, this, this was the really great thing about this was that he was actually able to communicate that never happened before. He was able to pull out the language. He was Mm -hmm. able to tell me what was happening. And then not only was he able to tell me what was happening, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to tell me what was happening. A lot of times these dyslexic kids, um, they're brilliant. Oh, they're so brilliant. And here's what happens. They're so brilliant that they can fool you. They just slip right through those cracks. Like, oh, they're doing great in school. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. You just filled in words that you don't even know how to sound them out. And so, um, yes. And so that happens a lot. And so it's a matter of, even with our middle one that was, uh, he's still, you know, he's doing better, but I'm going to stay on the very high end of dyslexia, uh, very severe, um, that he was able to communicate the stutter. He was able to say, I'm not sure why I'm stuttering, mom. And then I was just able to go back and do some of the brain exercises with him. Right. So so I at least knew what to do. It wasn't a matter of, oh, great, I've done all of this work now and it's a failing. No, it wasn't that. It was, oh, yeah, I know that. You're growing. I mean, you've grown four inches this summer. Why would your brain not grow? So, of course, it's just keeping it all balanced out. Mm-hmm. So, if so, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it completely <laughs> does. I mean, yeah, they and we, we, we can, you know, help them yeah. to certain points. And yeah. then, then all of a sudden we hit that, that next thing yeah. and we walk that that road with them. And that's what's great about homeschooling. So we're already halfway through. um, Oh my goodness, that went so fast. (laughs) It did. I know we already have one question from a viewer we're gonna get to right when we get back. And um, so you can read that while we're here off camera while I'm doing our our sponsor spot. And then I know you also want to talk about brain growth and um, and also nutrition. And so we'll, we'll hit on those in the second okay. half an hour. So viewers do not go anywhere. And I'm going to give Rebecca a break. And we're going to hear from our sponsor, Right Shop, um, and, and what they offer homeschoolers. So um, let me pull up some information here and, and tell you about Right Shop. All right. Um, how are homeschool writing lessons going for you lately? Are there tears of frustration or long minutes of staring at a blank piece of paper because I don't know what to write about? Well, here's the solution, Write Shop Curriculum, finally a writing program that understands the challenges of teaching writing. Write Shop has options for kindergarten all the way through high school with engaging step-by-step lessons. Write Shop gives students the necessary building blocks of the writing process so there's zero frustration and Write Shop not only teaches kids how to write, it shows you how to teach. You 
learn to guide them through the writing process and inspire even the most reluctant writers. Parents rave about the results. Sherry in Florida says, I am so pleased with Write Shop. My eighth grader who was lukewarm about writing and really didn't write so well is blossoming. Haley in California says, thank you so much for creating Write Shop. It's been a pleasure to teach this curriculum and the results are phenomenal. Our son went from hating writing to asking for more. Visit writeshop.com to take the placement test and to find out which level best suits your child, tween, or teen. With WriteShop, teaching writing has never been easier. And uh, many of our parents tell us that. So um, also, I want to let you know that um, I just did an unboxing that will be premiering tomorrow on our YouTube channel of the WriteShop Primary A set. So if you want to see what, what that looks like, what you get for it, um, you can watch that unboxing tomorrow. It premieres at noon central time, I do believe. So, um, so stay tuned for that. Um, maybe click on a, a reminder on that part of our, our YouTube channel. So I'm going to bring Dr. Rebecca back and um, we're going to continue this conversation. And like I said, we are going to be building in your comments, your questions, and um, just want to thank you, Rebecca, for everything that you shared in the, the first it was Absolutely. Um, it was really good information that I've never heard anywhere. I mean, my middle son, my it's my middle child as well that is the, the dyslexic and the one with the auditory processing issues. And, you know, with his older brother, with all of the autism, like behavioral stuff, he kind of just things we just missed. And it, yeah, you can beat yourself up or you can say, you know what, I've learned when I can learn and we just did what we could. And um, yeah, so so thank you for just all the research that you've done because that um, it's so helpful to parents and, and reassuring that, you know, somebody who has degrees and has taught rate reading still struggles. <laughs> so yes. it isn't yes. just I don't have training. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why we're here for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so diving into some of our viewers' comments and questions, Paulina, um, who's watching on our YouTube channel, says, my son has dysgraphia and I think possibly dyslexia. Resources are going to be helpful. Yes, he fooled even the teachers in kinder and first grade. <laughs> they are smart, aren't they? They are. They are so smart. They really are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Deanna, um, also on our the YouTube channel, says, "My son is eight. We just learned that he has dyslexia. I homeschool him and struggle badly with keeping him focused." Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any suggestions yeah. on on that front? Yeah. So, um, real quick. One thing I forgot to mention was that um, a lot of kids that actually have dyslexia, um, before it was discovered that they had dyslexia, were misdiagnosed to be ADHD. And so real quick to encourage you. Uh, yeah, Paulina. Yeah. Okay. Um, what real quick to encourage you is that, you know, um, I think parents just, we, we as parents, myself included, just want so badly to know what is wrong. What, what have we done wrong? What can we do to fix it? And so right. um, I really try to like, whenever um, Peggy asked me to write a blog or something, I try to really delve into some really deep research and figure out, okay, so medications aren't really, they're not all bad in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I would never, ever say anything like that. It's just that sometimes it's a misdiagnosis or perhaps even an overdiagnosis. And so, um, and, and the thing is with, with kids who 
that I have worked with that um, they're, they have been medicated for ADHD. Well, ADHD is actually where you have a heavier left brain and dyslexia is where you have the heavier right brain. And so whenever it was discovered that the child actually, yeah. And so when it was discovered that the child actually had more dyslexia, um, they were off of their medications and then did the simple brain exercises with Rocket Dog. Um, I, those are also over in the shop. Oh, by the way, Peggy, I don't think I told you this, but anybody listening um, and that wants that coupon, it's all capital letters, Cherish 21. Okay. And uh, they just get 20% off of everything. Um, so, and all the, all the resources, the digital downloads, um, they're cheaper than the physical copy. And mm-hmm. I think they're less than $20. So, I mean, awesome. it's, um, but, but with the Cherish 21, it's an additional 20% off, but, but those, you get all those, like, these are the digital downloads of the brain exercises. And so to answer Deanna. Yeah. Deanna, she, Deanna. she had said that her son struggled bad. And then Paulina said that she agreed and then creative minds homeschooling popped on and said, focus. What is that? Oh, right. <laughs> so we, exactly. we have three viewers now that are agreeing that okay. focus is an issue. So, so here's what I would do in all honesty, because I struggle with this too, with our middle one, the severely dyslexic one. So I'm going to read you just one of the exercises that we have in here. And it really did help. Okay. So um, let me back up first. I'm getting ahead of myself because I have 5 million things to say. Um, before you do any of that, make sure they have their primitive reflexes integrated. So I've worked with, um, that's really big. I have nurses and um, physical therapists who uh, I work with and they, they're like, we never learned this in our program. Mm-hmm. We knew they were a thing, but we never knew that our kiddos were hanging on to them. And so if you don't know what you probably do, so I'm sorry for repeating myself, Um, If you don't know, those primitive reflexes are found in the the base of the brainstem. And so in order for the higher level learning to occur, like in the word form area, those primitives actually need to be integrated, not not gone away. We're not trying to like get rid of them forever because later in life, we might have to rely on them again. Mm -hmm. Um, But just trying to get them suppressed so that we can get those higher level learning functions to occur, if that makes sense. And so, um, again, we have the primitive reflexes. Um, and you have a, and a blog on the SPED Homeschool website, too, about the primitive reflexes yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's a U- I have a YouTube channel. I think I shared it with Peggy. Yes, that that's in has the YouTube description yes. of this video so, as well. Yeah, so do that first. But then after you do that, do the brain exercises. I'm going to share one with you, and this might help him focus. Also, another thing that I say about focusing, because I do this, I, it's a struggle. The struggle is real in the Spencer mm-hmm. home every day, is we have to take breaks. We have to take brain breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, we cannot just sit down for three hours and get all of our homeschool done. That's that's a dream. So yeah, that if anybody has figured that either. out, let me know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So one of the things that you could do are one of our one of my kids' favorite things. I'll I'll, I'll share two of them with you because sure. these are so fun. So to help with the auditory. Um, and the verbal, mm-hmm. uh, auditory to gross motor, auditory to verbal, and auditory to fine motor. So for auditory to gross motor, this is one of the exercises, is to ask the child to sit um, sit with their back to you and have them lower their chin to the chest and make, you're going to make noise with like a something plastic. It, you, I put a plastic bag. You can do whatever you can do mm-hmm. with a plastic lid, anything, where it's a distinct kind of a noise. Yeah. Um, and then have them raise their chin up to the sky when they hear a different sound. Like maybe you make a noise with a paper bag. 
something that's or maybe like a rattling can, something that's a completely different. Um, I'm just reading those chats. Uh, yeah, different, yeah. different, distinct sound. Okay, and so that's going to help them focus. They're going to have to really think about this. Mm. Um, what are they asking me to do? Oh yeah, they said put my chin down when I hear that noise. Up when I hear. Oh yeah, so they have to think. Uh -huh. Okay, so that's auditory to gross motor. Then for auditory to verbal, have the child say paper when you make the noise with a paper bag, and have the child say pepper when you make the noise with the plastic bag. So they have to think. They have to really think. It's auditory again. Right. We're starting with that same sound. We're ending with that same sound. So they have to really process that. Mm -hmm. And don't get, that's another thing is I would tend to get frustrated. I would tend to be like, I can't believe you can't do this. Like in the beginning. And, but, but don't worry, please don't stress us. One thing I just want to encourage you, please don't beat yourself up. Please don't beat yourself up and say, I'm doing all this wrong. None of this is working. Because if you're consistent, it really does work. Just try to make it consistent. Mm -hmm. Try to make it a part of your day. And please don't make yourself feel bad. Um, if it's a bad day for the child and you're having a bad day, just exactly. hang tight. Again, another beautiful thing about homeschool, just it's okay. Go play outside or something. Right. Um, and then auditory to fine motor is you ask the child to like snap. If they can't snap, mm -hmm. have them like click their tongue. Something that oh, they can yeah. do or clap. <laughs> right. Okay. Um and uh, then whichever that they can do to make a noise or whenever you make the noise with the paper bag mm -hmm. and then to do something different whenever you make a noise with a plastic bag. So again, they're having to think about that, but they're mm -hmm. getting their wiggles out a little bit. Um, nice. Something else I pulled up here. Um, I think I saw somebody that said dysgraphia. Oh, there's lots yes, of chats it was, here. It was um, dysgraphia. Um, that was Paulina and she was the one. Um, who agreed with Deanna about the the um, the focused issue? Um, so so yes. So uh, the one household under God said I was assessing him the other day. They said um, and they could read every word I put in front of him on a colored card, but was so choppy um, in a sentence or a book. And then we also started the booklet with exercises and hearing the beginning and sounds, um, but it was a major struggle. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it is. It is a major struggle. Just keep practicing. Mm -hmm. Just keep practicing. Maybe don't show a new one until the child gets that one down. So that's another thing, too, are little tiny wins, little tiny successes, um, you know, and celebrate that. Because these kids, if, if they're like mine, their confidence was so low. They felt right. like they couldn't do anything right. Mm -hmm. Then mom's frustrated on top of it, and it's disastrous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know anything about Diane Craft's program? They have um, yes. homeschooled so, asking if it's a similar or different. Oh, you know what? I have heard of Diane Craft, and she does a lot of good things. Yeah, I, I don't. She does more of the biology of the brain. Um, she does the, the integrating as far as like exercises, but, mm -hmm. um, but I haven't heard of any of the things that, that you're doing, like with the pictures and the auditory processing. I know Dr. Jan Bedell um, does a lot of auditory processing, visual processing as well. And um, equipping minds. I think that's what your your program reminds me a lot of is, you know, changing those those brain building building actually neural pathways mm -hmm. is is what mm -hmm. you're doing and those yes. two sides, those yes. connections. Mm -hmm. So um 
but our our one of your um, another one from uh, YouTube is asked since I have a 14 year old daughter dyslexic and executive function issues. She used Barton reading and spelling through book um, four, still reading only second grade level. What else do you recommend? So, okay, yeah. So Barton, you know, I mean, the Barton and the Orrin Gillingham are, um, I know those are expensive mm -hmm. programs, um, but usually any type of reading program does have some type of a style. It has, um, has some of those basics in it. Multi-sensory, I would encourage, keep doing multi-sensory. Right. Um, I would keep, I, I just purchased some of these little pop-ups just like a month ago, mm. maybe two months ago off of Amazon. Little pop, little pop it. Um, oh, yes, yes. Do you know what we, I'm talking about? Yeah, we give okay. them away at conferences yeah. as giveaways. Yeah, as, yeah those pop-it things. They're a little pop-it, yeah. And um, have, her, have her do like spelling and, you know, pick out some key terms or something with that. And then I'm not sure when you say second grade level, you know, I mean, uh, you know, if you're talking like it kind of depends. Uh, I work with so many different reading programs. Right. I hate to say it's second different. grade level because I mean, who's was it the program that said it was a second grade le reading level? Was it the is it mom saying I, I'm not sure if it's the program saying that or who exactly that is. But I don't think I'd stress too much about a level. Um, that's one thing I've told myself is I'm not stressing about a level. Now I'm not mom. So if you, mm -hmm. if that's how you feel, then you need to do that. But I found that successes for us in my severe dyslexic comes much better when I don't even think or tell him or myself about a level. And we just work mm -hmm. towards mm -hmm. small wins every day. Right. And then that's how, when I see the most growth. Mm -hmm. Um, but, it, but one thing that has helped with him are those puppets and something else I'm going to show you here that, um, I think you can grab this. I think I sent Peggy um, a link to this. And if not, email me and let me know and I'll send it to Peggy. Um, but I made this little, this is a writing eight ABCs. Yes. And this you, is you working both sides. It's in the YouTube description, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so they trace, I'll just tell you about it instead of letting you watch it. So I put music to it, but um, they basically, you can do this with any sheet, eight, eight and a half, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, fold it in half, mm -hmm. draw a line down the middle, draw a circle on each side. How the child um, with one color of a crayon um, make a figure eight, mm -hmm. six to eight times, one direction, then have them make a, have them make a figure eight. And that sounds babyish, but it's not, it'll help mm -hmm. in the other direction. And then... Start where you had that line, put a little circle in the middle of your two circles for mm -hmm. your figure eight and write a lowercase a, a lowercase b, a lowercase c, and so on, all the way to z. So what that's going to do is that is separating the sides of the brain. They're having to, they won't be able to do this the first time probably, so don't get frustrated. Yeah. You'll have to show them how to do it. And with the link that I sent Peggy, um, the different colors show you what's expected, shows you how to do it. And of course, if you have any questions, message me and I'll, I'll tell you how if you need additional help with that. But that that has been a key for our home this year and our middle one that's severely dyslexic is in sixth grade. Um, so sixth grade was the transition year for us. And um, uh, another thing also, just so you know, poetry, poetry, standing up. Part of, uh, I put together a four-part, actually it's five-part lesson plan. If you can incorporate an hour every day in your homeschool, and if you want that four-part lesson plan, I think it's over in the shop and uh, comes with some of these exercises mm -hmm. and use the code in there to grab it. 
Um, but, uh, if you can do that every day, if you can do that four part lesson plan every day mm-hmm. for four days and you start it, say, well, this is the end of October. Um, I always say if you start in September, you'll see results by Christmas. But if you start it, say next month, expect to see results by Valentine's day. Yeah. Um, actually seeing the results. Now here's mm-hmm. the truth of the matter. Results are happening, but since you're with your child every day, you're not going to see them as much because you're with them. So just take a break and like, don't worry about assessing anything yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have those assessments in there too, like the um, word recognition assessment, just to make sure that progress is being made. So you wanted to talk about nutrition. Yes, definitely. Um, (laughs) I just wanted, Deanna did make a comment. She said, yes, thank you. I really had been feeling like I was failing him. Now I can work with him knowing how to help both of us. So yes. So thank you so much, yes. Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. But yes, I definitely want to hit on the nutrition piece okay. because we get uh, twelve yeah. minutes left. And okay, yes. And nutrition is like its own podcast. So yes, I know. <laughs> we might have to do that later. Yeah. <laughs> write yeah. another blog, right? <laughs> right. Have to write another blog just on nutrition. Yeah, it's it's big. But mm-hmm. I'll I'll touch on it here for you. So what should our kids be eating? Um, yeah, she said. Um, the, the viewer said she doesn't get vowel sounds in words when reading. That was the, the yep, same question that's about typical. the reading. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep plugging, keep doing it. Just they'll get there. They will get there. Okay. So, um, so back to nutrition, <laughs> nutrition. Okay. So only 1% of our kids actually do receive what they need to receive. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, an average of 40% receive the daily caloric intake um, in the form of fat. And that's not really the good fat, but we do right. need to know that fats are good. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so we've gone from one extreme to the other of, okay, fats, you know, lots and lots of fats to, okay, no fats. And so that's mm-hmm. not, neither one of those are um, optimized, optimizing the learning right. for our children. So um, we have good guys and bad guys, like what I like to call them. So the good guys are going to be your fresh fruits. The good brain foods are going to be your your fresh fruits and veggies, mm-hmm. fish, uh, grass-fed beef, um, nuts and seeds, and whole grains. And then the bad guys are going to be wheat gluten. So if your child has a gluten, now that's not true if your child isn't gluten intolerant. That's only if there is a, a lot of times, um, we think our kids are gluten intolerant and it's not gluten at all. So if they are, it can be a troublemaker. It can mm-hmm. really be a bad guy. Uh, dairy casein, processed sugars, processed foods, food dyes. And I always say, don't, mm-hmm. I always say to my kids, don't drink red Kool-Aid. Pick a drink that's not red, no red dyes <laughs> and other food additives. So what should our kids be eating? Uh, six to 11 servings of hearty grains and three to five servings of veggies. And preferably raw, um, cook them if you need to, but raw is better. Two to four servings of whole fruit. So I always discourage fruit juices because they have so much sugar. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, two to three servings of dairy products and five to seven ounces of meat. Um, so we want to repl- we want to replenish our vitamin stores. Um, whenever we have a weak hemisphere of the brain, and this is part probably what I'll write a blog on soon is whenever we have a weak hemisphere in the brain, do you know what that means? This is crazy, but it usually means that we have a weak digestive system. 
Yes. And so you have kiddos that have tummy aches and leaky gut. And mm-hmm. um, our baby boy, that's partly of what his issue was. So right. um, so how does it work? Well, um, so the vitamins. Okay, vitamins are really important. And your top vitamins are A, B, C, folic acid, and D. Okay, you can get these in foods. You do not have to take $5 million of vitamins, okay? You can get these in foods. So vitamin A, um, you need 10,000 units, okay? And you can get vitamin B and C and 500 milligrams two times each day, okay? So eat an orange for breakfast and, you know, add some um, some of those into your dinner time for um, folic acid, Folic acid comes in the form of lots of different foods. Like if you read on your boxes, even of cereals, there's tons of folic acids in most of your foods. Leafy greens, um, you know, the six power foods are your healthy fats, um, your leafy green vegetables, your cruciferous, your cruciferous are going to be like your cabbage and your sprouts. Yeah. Brussels sprouts, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then your grass-fed beef and fish, and then your berries, your best berries are going to be like your blackberries, your raspberries, mm-hmm. um, your blueberries, your strawberries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, vitamin C can actually increase, um, student, I, student scores on their IQ test by an average of five points. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then your healthy fats are going to be like, um, you know, your, um, uh, your, you know, your G, your real, your real butter, your olive oils, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nuts, nuts are fatty, um, yes. but mm-hmm. almonds are really good, good for you. So, um, we do have some, a question about supplements and also oh. about fish oil. So Pauline yeah. asked about supplements mm-hmm. and creative minds homeschooling asked about fish. Yes. Oil. What are your Yeah, definitely. Those? Yes. Fish oil is really good. If you can find it. Yeah. I just, um, you know, fish oil is one of those really great, it's brain, it's free. It, uh, it helps the, you just have to make sure that it's brain. clean because there's yes. a lot of mercury mm-hmm. in fish. Yeah. And so make sure yeah, that it's tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do check your fish. As far as supplements. I mean, what mm-hmm. I look at is to make sure it's organic, um, because yeah. you're just going to increase your toxin load by yes. taking supplements that have yes. concentrated toxins in them. So yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's a win-lose if you're doing it, is. it cheap. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, on the spelling, just to touch on that real fast, um, you want to make sure you're doing those right brain kinds of exercises for the kids for spelling. Um, and that mm-hmm. is also in that lesson plan that's over on the website. If you use the code CHURCH21, it's included in there too. Okay. Um, but I think I may have sent you a link for that, Peggy. Um, yes. But it's we, description. I use all kinds of our, our kiddos who are dyslexic, they're visuals. They want to see these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we've created a set of our own phonics cards just because that's the oh, thing. Awesome. When I'm going through the fire, when I am going through the fire, I have got to find something that's relatable to my kids. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all about not reinventing the wheel, but if that wheel's not working for me, I have to figure out something that is. Right. And so, yeah. um, well, that's, so that's awesome. where all these resources come from, all of that. But I always encourage that right brain spelling. So if your child, mm-hmm. the example that I like to use is if you, the word is animal and your child spelled animal, A-N-I-M-O-L, go ahead and mark it up. 
So make it, make it big, make it bold, have your child do it. Um, so make A-N-I-M, and then where they put the O, like put an apple there, a picture of an apple, make a huge A, where they know it's in an owl, even though we don't say in an owl. That's the worst part about our language, but um, where they know that, oh yeah, I know there's an apple at the end of that, so it's A-L. So, mm-hmm. so it's visual for them. Um, yeah, definitely. Write them in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to tap our words too, because when we tap the words, that helps. So I might go... A-N-I-M-A-L, animal. Hmm. So that helps as well. Right. There's lots of spelling strategies with right brain because um, our yeah, dyslexics are, are heavier. They're, they're stronger in the right brain. I think right we brain. have various videos on our YouTube channel from previous um, interviews. So if you're, you're yeah. looking for additional ones, just search yeah. spelling on our YouTube channel. You'll find yeah. a whole sure. bunch. Sure. So, yeah. 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 So if you need any assessments or you're missing something, let me know and... Hopefully, you'll be able to do all those assessments at home in the comfort of your own home without spending money on a therapist to do this for you. Yeah. Well, th- this has all been really good information, Rebecca. Um, so can you remind us again how to find you? And um, and I know I just want to tell our viewers that all of the links that Rebecca was talking about, including her um, website, will, is on the YouTube description. So if you don't want to have to type anything in, you think you're going to misspell it. <laughs> Just go to the YouTube description and click on them. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, tell us um, just about your website. Yeah, and, and all absolutely. You find there. Yeah. So just um, go over to the website. Like Peggy said, there's free resources over there. Um, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. We try to come out with a video at least once a quarter. Really, we try to make our videos um, longer and more powerful instead of just some, some short ones and based on time and I'm busy with my dyslexic, so um, trying to make really good quality videos um, is kind of a challenge. Um, But we do try to do that to share everything that we have. And then we do have two courses. Um, They're marked down for Peggy as well. You don't need to code for those. Struggling learner to thriving achiever. Everything we talked about here, um, they're over on the website. If you go to um, courses, um, all of the books, all the rocket dog, every single book is over in there all the resources, probably more information than you ever wanted to know, to be quite honest. Um, but you at least have a huge binder for your resources. And then we also have helped that Can't That Child Hear Me, the auditory processing course. But the auditory processing course is also included in the Struggling Learner, Thriving Achiever. It's kind of like the, the master flagship class. So we have that. And then we always try to update. We drop things in there all the time, new things all the time. So um, we just try to stay up to date. I'm actually going to be doing another cohort, going, you know, um, learning more so I can share with you. So I just try to stay up to date. So yeah, yeah that's great. Well, Rebecca, I just want to thank you for um, for sh- all you've had to share with us. It, it's been absolutely. It, it's kind of like this flood of information. I so I, I'm looking forward to watching it again tomorrow and um, definitely encourage everybody to, to listen again or to watch again because uh, you just are a wealth of information. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for all that you're doing. It's um, it's definitely mm-hmm. not just helping your son, you're you're helping others too. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it's much appreciated. Well, we hope so. Thank you for having me. And yeah. we'll just embrace these brilliant kids together. Exactly. Yes. I'm getting a little echo. So I'm going to put you off screen while I do my wrap up. And um, if you want to hang around um, for when I, I'm done, we can chat afterwards. But um, but yeah, I, I want to see what anyways. Yeah. Deanna says, thank you both. Um, so yeah, I'm going to make sure I got that in there. 
So, so all right. Well, well, we'll say goodbye to Rebecca, and I'm going to um, just wrap up the show and pull out this banner here and um, and thank um, Right Shop again for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations, and. Um, I want to thank you for just joining us on this episode as well. And um, just, you know, this is just one of the many resources we at Sped Homeschool make available to families home educating kids with learning struggles, as Rebecca talked about. We have quite a few of her blogs also on our website, and and so you can find those um, as well as a lot of other resources too. And um, thank you again, Right Shop, for your sponsorship. If Remember, if you want to uh, check out a writing program, see if that might be a good re resource for you, check them out at writeshop.com. Next week, we are kicking off a new series as uh, November is a new month, and it's starting next week already. Wow. Um, but we're talking about teaching your child at their own pace. And so next week, we're going to be talking about why standard early intervention programs really may not be helpful. Um, and so if you're thinking of using one of those programs and um, definitely want to join us for that conversation, or maybe if you've used one and thought, shouldn't they have helped my child? And um, so just some more information about that. Um, so I hope you can join me then. But in the meantime, make sure to stay connected with us on our website at spedhomeschool.com and also our new learning and community platform, empoweredhomeschool.org. And of course, don't forget to visit Rebecca's website at cherishedchildren.org. So thank you, everybody, and have a great night. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.